The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 385 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is cannabis for Canadians. We're going to discuss cannabis and highlight its use for medical purposes, which is why our topic, Cannabis for Canadians, is so important for family caregivers. To discuss this topic, our three guests are Ben Ward, Canadian Cannabis Corporation's CEO, Nate Neenhuis, Chief Horticulturalist for the corporation, and Mariana Bratsik, who is chair of the advisory board. Now, our first guest is Ben, Ben Ward, who serves as the CEO and also as a director of the corporation. He is a management professional with significant experience in infrastructure development and capital markets. So welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you very much for having us, Gordon. Very welcome. Now, Ben, please tell us more about your life and career. Sure. Um, the reason for getting involved in uh, Canadian cannabis and founding the company is that uh, twice in my life I've had uh, catastrophic injuries. Um, the first was in 1999 when uh, I came under live fire while working in the Republic of Chad in Africa. And the second was in a catastrophic car accident, a motor vehicle accident uh, in 2006. Um, after the Motor vehicle accident in 2006, doctors stated that uh, only one in 2,000 people with similar injuries um, would be able to function normally again. And after that uh, incident, I've uh, since suffered with post-traumatic stress disorder and then uh, with chronic pain. Um, I was looking for uh, different remedies and something that would actually work um, to, to uh something that would actually work to uh, take away some of the symptoms of my injuries. Uh, this was in chronic pain. I had looked at uh, all of the different options, and I had experienced many of the different medications that they provided, uh, including opiates and other uh, pain management remedies and then different uh, treatments for post-traumatic stress. And when I was recommended um, that I could use uh, cannabis to treat these different symptoms, um, tried it as I was at the end of the rope and uh, really just wanted something that could effectively work so I could rehabilitate and started to use uh, cannabis uh, in an oral form um, with a low THC uh, regimen and uh, found it to be extremely effective and now uh, still use it to this day and uh, I'm able to function normally. Now, I want you to tell us about your work with the Canadian Cannabis Corporation. What do you actually do, Ben? 
Um, I'm the CEO of the company, and what that really means is that uh, I'm responsible for the strategic direction and the overall um, and the overall uh, development of the company. I got involved in the cannabis space uh, about three years ago in Colorado when cannabis wasn't yet the topic of conversation for much of the market, saw the opportunity to assist and to help people. And then when the federal legislation in Canada changed on April 1st, 2014, running up to that, uh, founded Canadian Cannabis Corporation um, with the co-founding partners, engaged in the capital raise um, to raise the initial first $15 million. And then the founders of the company also contributed another $4 million in debt. And then we purchased a facility in Brampton, Ontario, um, which is very close to the Toronto International Airport, and started working through the facility design um, so that we could produce cannabis uh, flower as medicine. And then we have also moved through the process now of acquiring existing producers of uh, cannabis and licensees in Ontario, and then developed the uh, corporation, bringing in the right subject matter experts the right individuals to develop different areas of the business, such as cultivation, as Nathan is involved with, Mariana in the uh, development of different medical professionals and advisors to the corporation for future products that we can bring to the market and medication, and then with the board of directors as well for distribution of the product after uh, it's developed so that we can help to treat people and alleviate their symptoms. Now, I want you to tell us about the corporations mission purposes and achievements in other words what precisely you've set out to do what the purposes are that you're going to fulfill and just how far you've got ben we're a responsible global company and our mission is to provide high quality alternative medicine to promote human health through research and innovation uh, scientific best practices that have been proven through work um, in the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Department of Health, and uh, with the Food and Drug Administration that Nathan's worked with, we're looking to bring those standards of excellence to the marketplace uh, in the Canadian market as well. Um, we believe in medical marijuana as a unique and effective treatment option after other treatment uh, options have failed. Um, we would like to look at the opportunity to have cannabis looked at as a qualified uh, medicine uh, to be looked at eventually after clinical trials are completed as a first-line medication instead of the automatic prescription of opiates. Uh, one of the things that we'd like to look at um, is uh, how we would help people who have different chronic conditions, um, and uh, we'd like to do that through taking a rigorous and clinical and scientific approach, which is why the Medical Advisory Board is key uh, in our company. Um, it's a very new, it's an emerging industry, and uh, as often is the case, and consumers do need to be careful. Um, much of the product that's been developed and cannabis, as most people know it, is something that's grown in people's basements uh, or is grown in greenhouses uh, and isn't medicine. It's been grown uh, by individuals who are... Uh, needed to take care of different pain or different ailments, uh, but it wasn't a consistent product that could be relied upon to be the same every time, much as you'll experience when you pull, uh, purchase a bottle of Advil or Tylenol off the shelf. You know what its effects are going to be and how it's going to help you. So for us, developing a natural product uh, to bring into the market uh, for patients was very important. That's an alternative to other um, current, uh, current uh, treatments for different people's symptoms. So what we uh, believe in is producing medical marijuana yeah, that's um, in a clinical clean room environment 
And Nate will speak to the uh, levels of quality uh, assurance um, inherent in our process and facility design. And we believe it's uh, precisely this expert balance between science and nature that makes CCC a leader in this emerging field. That's a very key way of putting things, the balance between nature and, and experience. And that takes me back to the answer to my, you gave me to the very first question, which is, tell us about your life and career. Because what came out of what you were saying for me, and I think for everybody who's listening to you, is that you have been there, done that experience of the way in which Cannabis actually helps someone who has experienced a severe or serious injury that causes pain. And that, if I'm right, you found in this substance relief of pain. And, if I'm right, you actually were able to return to your business life or develop your business life because of the role of cannabis. Now, am I exaggerating or is that more or less right? Ben? No, that's, uh, that's more or less right, Gordon. It's been my personal experience uh, that cannabis was the only medication that worked for me uh, to, one, a not make me uh, high in the sense where the, uh, the medicine could be, uh, the cannabis could be manipulated to the point where it didn't have any psychoactive effects and B, where I could have all of the physical uh, pain relief from uh, the different cannabinoids in the profile uh, to be able to carry on with my life every day. So it lets me live an almost pain-free existence uh, from having a catastrophic uh, impairment in 2006 and not being able to walk uh, without assistive devices. So it's uh, been transformative. Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you a question which perhaps isn't a very fair one, but what do you think would have happened to you if you'd not use cannabis? Um, I, I think I would have likely ended up as an opiate addict. Um, the pain is severe, and if you don't have a treatment option and can't find something as a bridge, um, as I was able to use with cannabis in my rehabilitation, you have to be able to fight through the pain. If you can't, um, then you'll end up usually giving up and not rehabilitating or recovering. And for me, um, the use of opiates uh, made it uh, too difficult for me to uh, engage actively because uh, crossing the blood-brain barrier, I had too much difficulty in reasoning and thinking and being uh, even motivated because it's uh, so sedative. So let me just say, ask you this in a different way. Where did you get your cannabis from to take? Because this was well before anybody was talking openly anyway, about it, cannabis, as a medication. Where did you get it from? Uh, I had a prescription from my doctor, and I was able to get the product from a local uh, grower or cultivator. The problem was is that the local cultivator always didn't have the same consistent product, and some product would have very different effect on me. So this is another leading question. Then the corporation's mission will include producing a product of uniform standard, regardless of when it's bought and the purposes for which it's, medical purposes for which it's bought. Is that right? Yes, it is. Having a consistent product that the consumer can, can depend on every time to have the exact same effect is one of, uh, one of the key goals that our company has. Now, I'm going to, we're going to be t discussing this a bit more, but I'd just like to 
to ask you just to say just a moment or two more about how you achieve what I'm going to call that standardization of quality. How do you do it? Um, that's something that's likely best uh, answered by Nathan and his experience, but it's through the genetic profile uh, of maintaining the certain strain and then having the exact same environment uh, to produce cannabis in and providing the uh, exact same uh, nutrients and um, and uh, and uh, lighting to the uh, plant itself. So. Uh, having the environment that's conducive to uh, cultivation of the uh, of the strain, and then having the ability to manipulate the environment to produce the same genetic uh, on a replicable basis is the uh, most important uh, aspect of that. Great. Now that's a good point on which to stop because we've come to the point where I always say we have to pay pay the rent. So we're going to take a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Asley. My guests are Ben Ward, Nate Nin. Chris and Mariana Brachik. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Ben Ward, Nate Ninhis, and Mariana Bradchik. Our topic is Cannabis for Canadians. Now, our guest now is Nate Ninhus. 
He's the Canadian Cannabis Corporation's chief horticulturalist. He's widely recognized as one of the foremost global authorities on cannabis cultivation for medical purposes. And he, he'll be contributing his extensive experience and knowledge of the cultivation of cannabis for medical purposes. So welcome to the show, Nate. Thank you very much, Gordon. Now, first of all, same question as I asked first to Ben. Please tell us more about your life and your career. Sure. Um, I'm from the States. I have been involved in the cannabis industry for almost 20 years now, uh, since California had the start of their medical initiative in 1996. And uh, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. So I was originally involved with uh, the, the uh, environmental needs that were associated with the cultivation of cannabis, whether it be indoors, greenhouse, or even outdoors when it came to irrigation requirements. So I've been through all different walks of the industry um, and and have learned a great deal along the, along the way, uh, certainly a lot more than what university would educate one on. Uh, and, uh, and then at that point, uh, got involved with the manufacturing side of things when it came to equipment that's utilized now industry-wide. Um, so um, have really have a full circle on, on everything that, that, that comes from the industry as well as uh, the opportunity to provide back to it uh, on that level as well. Now, please explain for us what cannabis is and how and for what purposes it's used. Nate? Sure. That's a very broad question, and I like that. Um, <laughs> it has a lot of, of different uses. Um, about three and a half years ago, I was uh, approached by the Department of Health in the United States as well as the um, uh, in conjunction with the DEA, rather, um, that uh, they were looking to put together a federal program, and they were seeking out that exact answer as well. They were trying to understand in the states what a federal program would look like and how that would be modeled and what efficacy that would have, which is the really exciting part about what we do on a day-in and day-out basis is we allow uh, we allow for the production of and generate that production and then uh, offer our insight based on our experience to how that interacts with the consumer, which is, uh, you know, the ultimate goal. Um, having worked with the Department of Health and the DEA, as well as several other independent research environments, I've, I, I've come to a very complete understanding of what cannabis can be used for and what exciting new frontiers it's actually being explored in. And it's, it has tremendous scope when it comes from, it comes to a medical, uh, aspect. It's, it has applications and everything from epilepsy to MS to cancer to end-stage HIV, um, and including therapeutic uses for people that are undergoing chemotherapy. It's, it's a very exciting field, and what we're actively pursuing is the uh, interaction with uh, you know community as a whole so that we can better develop products that are going to be more directly acute to the specific medical needs that the consumers, or in their case, their patients, would have. 
Now, just to clarify, in other words, it, pain is one of the things that or relief of pain is one of the purposes of cannabis in the medical domain. But what you're saying is there are other purposes that cannabis can also fulfill. Just say a little bit more about the purposes in connection with those, some of those other health conditions you mentioned. What, Absolutely. What was um, well, cannabis, cannabis is a unique medicine um, comparatively to other more specific types of medicines, i.e. opiates, which um, Ben referenced earlier, which have exclusive targeted reactions. So they're going to exclusively target pain, for example, um, where cannabis has a more complete therapeutic balance as an opportunity for the prescriber more individualize the concept of their patient and say, I'm looking not only to alleviate pain, but I'm also looking to have a beneficial effect from, uh, you know, with regard to maybe it's, like I said earlier, the reaction to chemotherapy or the effects of MS or uh, of other possible uh, afflictions that would be positively benefited, but not just exclusively by pain management, but more so to a direct cause uh, and effect on the actual uh, ailment. And that's the, that's the unique opportunity when it comes to cannabis. And that's, that's the explosive part of the market as it exists right now. Now, let's turn to you as the horticulturalist, the chief horticulturalist, and ask you, please, to explain how cannabis is grown and processed for medical purposes. Nate? Absolutely. And, and that is a unique environment. Um, it is extremely different than what, uh, unfortunately, people have been educated via news articles, news programs, movies. Um, it, is, it is a very unique process, uh, inconsistent with most other um, medical uh, type of manufacturing processes. Uh, plant products are used in medicines all day, every day. It's, it's a widely uh, consumed product, except for they're all in refined states. And as it exists in Canada currently, uh, we're, re we're, we're restricted to the use of the actual plant material as medicine. And as a result, we have no choice but to produce all plant material from its inception. So whether that be the propagation of a seed or the uh, rooting of a clone, um, all of those things are required to be handled as medicine from their inception. And so it's a very unique environment, inconsistent with what, you know, other practices such as greenhouse cultivation methodology that would be commonly used, certainly open field methodology that would be commonly used. Those are all exposed to environmental impacts that can't be controlled. So indoor cultivation has ultimate control over all environment, environmental impacts. And as a result, we're able to treat it as medicine from day one and be accountable for all potential impacts, positive and or negative, that would have on the product itself from the date of its beginning. And then to be able to ensure that that was exactly what ended up in the finished product. On top of that, we also have a unique ability to uh, interact with the plant on a genetic level, and that is where the opportunity really lies for creating the new generation of medicines that are going to be 
as as it, as the as this develops are going to be the more sought after uh, outcomes when it comes to treatment for specific ailments and you've seen the beginning of that in the United States and somewhat in Canada as well with regard to um, some commercial strains that have made claims to um, you know ex- you know extremes of the cannabinoid profile so high CBD low THC well, that's a wonderful thing, and it's a neat idea, and it's a good idea, which we're actually expanding on as well. The unfortunate side of what's been done to, the, to this date is that it's unstable, it's inconsistent, and it's not able to be produced consistently in a medical environment, which is entirely what's required by the program. So our, our whole plan and our outline actually creates a, a, that opportunity and ensures that its long-term plan and, and, and ability will be to produce that type of a product. Nate, you mentioned plant materials. That is to say the stuff of it's grown, as it's grown. From my medical days, I remember Digitalis, a powerfully useful medication that comes from the plant called the foxglove. And I'm just wondering whether there's a prejudice against plant materials and whether that affects the way people look at cannabis. What do you say, Nate? Well, and, and I think that's a very valid question because for a lot of reasons. Um, the plant material in and of itself, I would say the average person is fairly familiar with. Everyone's seen, even if they didn't participate, someone utilizing cannabis in some way, um, whether it be as, you know, mundane as, as consuming it um, in the fashion of smoking or, you know, had a brownie that they might not have known its origin. I mean, there's a variety of ways there. The difference here being that the most of the, the, the plant materials that are used in other um, means of, of medicinal production are all refined. And right now in Canada, we're not able to refine cannabis um, from its original state to utilize in any other way. That is not currently allowed. However, we all believe that there is a realistic future there. And I think that's where we're going to see the neatest advancements in medicinal science um, as the specific components within the cannabinoid profile are relative. And to answer your question very directly, there is a stigma on the concept of, for lack of a better term, smoking a joint, but there isn't a stigma on the use of any portion of the cannabinoid profile when it comes to benefiting someone's health. I mean, we're all excited to read those news articles and, you know, see when a child that was suffering from from seizures is no longer having that, that affliction. We're all excited to see when a cancer patient is alleviated from pain and has found their appetite after undergoing chemotherapy. Right. Um, th- those are all exciting benefits that can be isolated and separated from any psychedelic impact, and that's something that is the future in this in this as a medical uh, product as it is produced. Very clear. Now, once again, it's time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Ben Ward, Nate Ninhuis, and Mariana Bracic. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Ben Ward, Nate Nihis, and Mariana Bratchik. Our topic is Cannabis for Canadians. Mariana is a lawyer and founder of MBC Legal, what she calls a boutique law firm serving medical doctors across Canada. And she serves as chair of the advisory board to Canadian Cannabis Corporation. So welcome to the show, Mariana. Thank you very much, Dr. Atherley. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. (laughs) Pleasure to have you. Now, Mariana, please tell us more about your life and career. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Atherley, in connection with my uh, work with my boutique law firm, NBC Legal, I have access to uh, a fairly extensive network of physicians across, uh, across Canada, including some of the leading international experts on medicinal marijuana. And so when uh, Benjamin Ward asked me to, to become involved with uh, Canadian Cannabis Corp., uh, it was understood from the beginning that my role in the company would be precisely to assemble uh, a medical advisory panel using some of the top experts in the world that would then liaise with um, Canadian Cannabis Corp's board of directors to ensure that the company's decisions and development um, are consistent with the leading evidence in marijuana research. Um, Personally, I, I don't 
or I've never had any experience with recreational marijuana. <laughs> My understanding of the um, statistics is that in Canada, approximately 45% of people have um, tried recreational marijuana at some point. So 55% of us have never <laughs> done it. And I don't just mean in the Bill Clinton sense of not having inhaled, but <laughs> I've, I've never tried it at all. So I came at it from a very... Um, academic and scientific perspective, and I was very impressed with the fairly compelling scientific literature that is out there if you search um, hard enough. Right. And then I guess my, my, my third point in terms of what's, what's relevant for my own personal history to this work is that um, about a year ago, we uh, had a loss in our family. My brother-in-law, Joe, passed away from cancer, and um, that was my first experience sort of up close and personal with cancer and, and the devastation that it causes. And toward the end of Joe's life, um, none of the uh, established pharmaceutical products was uh, giving him any relief or comfort at all, as um, probably many of the listeners at home can relate to. Right. Now, I want you to go now into the into legal mode. Please highlight okay. for us the legal and social requirements governing the supply of cannabis to the public in Canada. Mariana? Okay. 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 Well, let me tackle the social part first. And um, I was very interested, Dr. Atheli, in the question that you asked Nathan. And the the way that you put it, I thought was was very astute. The the sort of prejudice with uh, plant material. It seems to me that we're at a really interesting time in. Um, human history and medical history, there's this real tension between nature and science. And, um, you know, if, if we look at the kind of scientific um, uh, road, when we look back in science, I think most, most medical historians consider Hippocrates the founder of sort of modern medicine as a rational science. Um, before Hippocrates, medicine was, was essentially magic and superstition. But it, it's always interesting to me that as much as Hippocrates brought a very scientific, evidence, evidence-based approach to medicine, it was also he who said nature itself is the best physician. And what strikes me as very interesting about the time in which we find ourselves, and I think that, that accounts for the, the fairly worldwide trend toward a permissiveness of cannabis, is that we've kind of hit this crossroads or synthesis between nature and science. You know, it's like Hegel's idea that um, an idea or a thesis leads to its opposite or Synthesis, which leads to a reconciliation of opposites or synthesis. Well, we are at a synthesis between nature and science. We see that in the sort of holistic medicine movement. We see that in, um, I know, uh, a, a lot of um, physicians are writing about patient-centered philosophies of medicine today. And I think that's where um, Canadian Cannabis Corp. is really going to make its mark. Um, it's that, that crossroads between science and nature. Right. Legal. Anything you want to add about legal in response to the supply of cannabis generally to the public in Canada? Mariana? Yes. Um, 
Well, the regime in Canada in particular has changed um, fairly dramatically. Under the old regime, prior to April 1, 2014, we had a sort of um, cottage industry of um, cannabis production. So um, the law at that time was that um, if a person had, um, uh, you know, a a medical letter um, that stipulated that they required medicinal cannabis, then they could either grow their own um, medical cannabis or they could um, have a designated grower. And and, um, someone could be a designated grower for up to four patients. Excuse me. There was a lot of unhappiness with that old regime um, from all sorts of um, stakeholders. Uh, patients can, complained about the lack of access to quality uh, medicinal cannabis. Um, fire departments were unhappy. Police uh, departments were unhappy. There was an enormous amount of um, uh, money going sort of out out the back door through corruption, um, the black market, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in April 1st of 2014, the new regime was ushered in, and the idea, um, Health Canada's idea, is that um, we would have a more uh, sophisticated, large-scale, uh, commercial, more clinical um, regime that would have a relatively smaller number of um, professional growers. Some of the difficulty, I think, has been, though, that Health Canada doesn't have an enormous amount of experience with this. Uh, We're fortunate at Canadian Cannabis Corp. to have um, people with the uh, extremely um, sophisticated experience that Nathan uh, brings to us. Um, right. So, so it's a it's a very very different uh, regime. Currently, you you need um, a, still a medical letter, um, but you're able to obtain your um, product from any number of um, licensed producers. Now, my next question to you actually flows from what you've just been saying. Please, could you highlight for us the core of the legal requir- requirements as they now are in Canada? governing the supply of cannabis for medical purposes. Mariana? Well, um, Health Canada's uh, regulations are intended to be very strict, and they're intended to keep out um, people who shouldn't be in the business of uh, of uh, producing medicinal marijuana. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to, to make sure that I mentioned um, Dr. Athalie, because you'd asked me about the social aspect, and I think a, a, a really important point that I don't um, that I don't want us to miss is um, part of the reason that we are where we are with respect to medicinal marijuana is the the, the problem with the alternatives. We are at a virtual epidemic in terms of opiate abuse um, in in Canada, and I don't think Canada is. is um, Particularly different from the United States or or, um, or Europe, um, as one of our uh, one of the experts on our medical panel um, often advises us, Dr. Vincent Maida, um, the the human body has ten times the cannabinoid receptors that we have. Um, relative to opioid receptors. And there's an enormous amount of opiate abuse. Our bodies are are more geared toward um, receptivity of cannabis relative to uh, opiates. Opioids have very alarming statistics of addictions, uh, overdose, 
um, and a whole host of other societal harms, including robbery, violence, etc. Um, we know that in in many methadone clinics, up to half of the um, uh, patients there are there because they are addicted to a pharmaceutical product. Um, that's a very, very concerning thing. And I think that part of the reason we've had this social shift toward acceptance of a more, quote, natural product, though I use that term um, uh, reservedly, is is precisely because of the difficulty with, with what came before and uh, the levels of opiate abuse. Now, just very quickly on opioid, opioid abuse, does it go so far as to cause increases in death rates among people who are addicted, for example, to these medications? Mariana? Um, I'm sorry, I'm not sure that I understand what you mean. Does, does which go so far? Oh, okay. I'm talking about uh, the use of the opio opioids, which are dangerous. Um, does that, as far as you know, have any effect on what I call death rates? That is to say, whether people die from the overuse um, of these kind of opioid medications. Mariana? Well, my understanding, and I'm not an expert on this field, so I would, if I had my, if I had my panel here, I would uh, defer to them. But my, my understanding is that um, opioid abuse has a significantly higher risk of um, death than, uh, I'm not aware of any significant death with um, you know, cannabis use, uh, any right. significant risk of death. So, so uh, my understanding is, yes, there's a dramatic difference. Very good. Thank you. That's very clear. Now, once again, it's come to the time to take the break, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Ben Ward, Nate Neenhuis, and Marie Anna Brashik. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ben Ward, Nate Neenhees, and Mariana Brashing. Our topic is cannabis for Canadians. Now, I'm going to ask our three guests each to share a two-minute message for family caregivers who are wondering whether their family members who live with troublesome medical conditions would benefit from cannabis. Mariana, what's your two-minute message? Okay. Um, I would make uh, three points to to someone who's listening at home and wondering um, about this issue. Number one is, um, as, as we discussed a few minutes ago, the... Um, the risks with opiate abuse are so significant that I would give very serious consideration to any alternative um, before I resorted to an opiate. Um, Number two, (laughs) um, I'd like to tell people about um, a a conversation I had with my mother recently. My mother is um, a 73-year-old, very conservative, traditional woman. Um, I love her to death. She walks on water as far as I'm concerned. But picture a Mother Teresa type. So my mother has um, very serious arthritis in the knee. And it's causing her a lot of trouble, and she's received all kinds of prescription medications, and and it's very difficult to walk. And so I said to her, you know, Mom, situated as I am, as, um, you know, the chair of the Medical Advisory Panel on Canadian Cannabis Corporation, I have access to some of the world's leading experts on this issue. And, you know, what the the scientific evidence is quite compelling, and and would you be willing to try it? And uh, my mother said... Well, yeah, you know, Mariana, yes, yes, I would be willing to. And I thought, wow, okay, if my mother is willing to try it, then I think we've hit a tipping point. Um, and then number three, I mentioned earlier um, on on the show about my brother-in-law passing away last year. Yeah. Um, I have a tremendous amount of guilt about the fact that um, I didn't get medical cannabis to him as, as fast as I could have or should have. Um, in the end, um, my brother-in-law responded very well to his cancer treatment. The cancer was was going away. He he didn't die of cancer. He starved to death. And um, I feel that if I had acted faster, that might have changed. And um, I just yep. I think if someone can prevent that happening, that would be a good thing. Right. Nate, what's your message for family caregivers? Be patient. Um, I was brought into this industry um, perhaps by a more remote path um, vis-a-vis my ability to help people to provide for themselves, which was the model in California at the time. Uh, I worked – I was – largely blessed by the ability to work with a group of people that were individually sh- suffering from 
you know, whether it be cancer, end-stage HIV AIDS, um, a variety of, of very significant ailments. And the reality is, is that it's not an overnight process, but be patient and work with your medical provider. And we're here to do the exact same thing. We're here to provide them the tools to give to consumer and to have the most beneficial outcomes possible. And if produce isn't ready for you today, I'll make you something new tomorrow. Um, we have that ability, and that's the really exciting part about this industry is that we are growing with the consumer need. And I, I, I hope no one takes offense at the fact that I use the word consumer as I'm not a doctor. I'm not able to refer to anybody as a patient, but I take that relationship very, very seriously. And I want everyone to understand that your medical provider is your first line to uh, direct understanding. And we are the people that are working directly with your medical providers. And we are producing the products that will make a difference in your life or your loved one's life. And that's, uh, that's, that's the unique opportunity that we have. And we take that extremely seriously. And we also understand and accept the role that we're not producing anything that is or that would otherwise take away but benefit the, the, the life that, that we're impacting. Right. Ben, what's your message? My, my message is mainly one from experience, which is that, um, to paraphrase the 1980s uh, commercials, Hair Club for Men, I'm not only uh, the president, I'm also a client. And uh, the ability to use cannabis um, for the relief of pain uh, has made a difference in my life um, from my experience. And I think that uh, removing the stigma of something that's been known as weed or something that people have used recreationally to get high, and looking at that as uh, this actually has has a very medical uh, has a medical application has therapeutic effects and it's something that can transform people's lives that could have my own um, is that uh, this is something that as an alternative therapy if something isn't working this is something that should be looked at and uh, to quote Judge Francis Young, um, who works with the DEA, he said and stated that marijuana is one of the safest therapeutically active substances known to man. So relative to many other treatment options in traditional pharmaceutical products, cannabis has a low potential for abuse and many legitimate applications, and we're looking forward to working and producing those over the coming years. Thank you, all three of you, for those frank open comments and let me just respond to you in this way you've mentioned several times this question of nature and science and it seems to me that what you're doing is using science to bring nature into the medical picture so to speak for the treatment of a range of medical conditions in a situation where at least in the treatment of pain the pharmaceutical alternatives or the ones that are currently used are extremely dangerous. That is to say, as Mariana said, they lead to um, high death rates, um, they lead to addictions, they destroy lives, and they are, in the worst sense, troublemakers. So on that point, I want to say thank you to Ben, Nate, and Mariana for sharing with us your experience, your insights, your advice, and particularly 
your own experiences. And I want to wish you all success in your work, your efforts, and the way in which you're bringing science and nature together, as I mentioned, within the scope of medical care. Now, I'm just going to emphasize a point that we've already made, but I want to emphasize it again. It's very clear that medical research suggests that cannabis used for pain relief is less harmful, much less harmful, than medications based on opioids like morphine. And if that's not a a recommendation for cannabis, I'm prejudiced. I'm not sure what is. I want to say thank you to our listeners. With Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research, which this episode is part of. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics, such as the one we've just been listening to, and for you to share with us your experiences of healthcare. So please email me to hear more or get involved. And if you'd also like to be a guest on my show, here's how to connect with me. You please email me at docg, or one word, at familycaregiversunite, or one word, dot org. Very much look forward to hearing from you. Now, our next episode will be tiny tubes for treating strokes explained for family caregivers so please join us same time same spot on the internet talk to you then thank you again for joining us this week for family caregivers unite with your host dr gordon atherley please tune in again next tuesday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel and until then we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful and i do Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 